Hello, everyone. You're listening to The Michael Amadeus Show, episode 477, Broken Hearts and Sore Muscles. Not very long from now, I'll be leaving and heading over to a theater where I'm going to be participating in a full day of uh, kind of filming with a business partner of mine, and uh, we're going to be putting together a product for him. Really excited to be doing it, kind of stepping into that, uh, kind of more of that director role again, which is something that uh, I've done a lot in the past and haven't done so much recently, but I'm looking forward to doing a lot more. But before I did that, I wanted to kind of offer a message, some insight that maybe you could consider today. It's something I've been working through, and I think it's a parallel that might be valuable for us to look at as we grow in our work. And I don't even really think it's a particularly uh, insightful thing, except that it doesn't get brought up much, which is that tiny little injuries, little things, will oftentimes, uh, if untreated, develop into much larger issues later. And I want to start talking about this, talking about something like a heel spur or plantar's fasciitis in your feet. If you've ever had plantar's fasciitis, it's that uh, it's kind of that tough material at the bottom of your feet that can run up through the arch, and it can get incredibly tight and sore. I had it at one point and uh, was kind of told the only way I could uh, heal it is going through surgery, and you know, they used to push my toes back and rub ice on the bottom of my feet and <laughs> all of that. I ended up solving it uh, within just a few weeks because of a method I was taught which maybe I'll talk about another time. If anybody cares, let me know about that if you want me to. But um, the thing that I, I end up really realizing is so many people deal with these um, kind of issues, and, and there's a lot of different reasons for it. And of course, I'm not a physical therapist. I'm not a medical professional here. It's just my own experience. But the thing I've realized is, is that if I spend the time when I'm not injured to work through to do things called... Um, like smashing using a lacrosse ball. I can like lay it on the ground and kind of flex the muscles. I can roll things out. I can use foam rolling. I can actively stretch and try to make sure my mobility is good. And if I, if I keep up that practice over time, my tendency to get injured goes down quite a bit. It doesn't mean you can't get injured, obviously, but it means that you're decreasing the likelihood of that happening. And if you do that over time, you stop kind of getting these injuries and these things that might even be small, but if they're painful enough, and I see so many people do this, something's painful, then you start compensating how you walk. You start compensating with how you move. And then because you're compensating with how you move in that way, suddenly now you're injuring other parts of your body and then it causes other problems. So if you're staying on top of it, if you're doing this kind of housekeeping, this cleaning in a way, or this uh, this maintenance on your body, that you tend to have less issues crop up. It just makes sense, right? Your attention being on health in an area will mean that you'll most likely have less things happen, um, unless you're playing a professional sports and someone's actively trying to knock you down or something that's a little bit different. The reason I bring that up is that to me, it reminds me a lot of the emotional ways in which we handle trauma and the ways that we take little traumas as we grow up and as we're growing up in the world and it can start perpetuating types of activity that just reinforce this negative view of ourselves that have been built up through trauma in our lives. This is what I mean. In my experience, you know, as we go through life, we all have 
versions of trauma. And I think there's a lot of moves now to try to remove any type of trauma from someone's lives. And I, I don't technically know if I agree with that. And the reason being is I can look back at some traumatic experiences from my childhood and realize that those traumatic experiences weren't actually traumatic. It's that I found a way to make them traumatic. And I've spent time around a bunch of a bunch of children, many, many children, you know, as far as teaching and everything like that. And I see something that might be a traumatic experience is actually not traumatic at all. It's it's just that they are learning to meld their inner reality and calibrate their emotions with the world that's doing things. And uh, of course, there are really deeply traumatic things like violence, sexual violence, abuse, things like that. And that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about uh, very little things, right? that still can manifest as trauma. In a way, it's kind of like, it doesn't matter who you are, you could be the heir to billions of dollars and still feel like you got a raw deal. It's our own personal experiences. They don't, they're not invalidated by someone else having a different set of circumstances. We all have this kind of trauma. I believe we also go through this thing where we build up some sense of principles of who we are or what we represent in our heads. Um, at least a lot of people I know and some people close to me I've had this conversation with recently. You build up this kind of set of principles or who you think you are, and then life has a way of screwing them up, right? As as your internal principles, as your internal world connects with the outer world, you start realizing that maybe um, those principles are harder to live by than you think. And there's times where you feel like, oh, I'm compromising who I am or who I want to be. Really, uh, and especially if this is happening in your late teens and your 20s becomes really common to start thinking of yourself as a failure of some kind or that everything's wrong. And I think it's kind of funny, the idea of being a failure um, in your 20s and, and in your teens feels so important and so, uh, you know, so terrible and gut-wrenching. But then when you get a little bit older, you get like in your mid-30s, it's kind of funny because you start to realize like failure is kind of a, a goofy idea. Like, yeah, something might not work. But then you're just learning. You're just moving on. It's like life goes. It's The journey is long, right? So uh, I think that one of the things that I see is that these little traumas built up. Um, and, and I consider some fairly big traumas being when your values and the things that you want to represent are compromised in the world. And you're kind of starting to be kind of slowly... Uh, given paper cuts, the thousand cuts, you know, um, that, that people refer to when they're saying a death by a thousand cuts in life. I think that that is a deeply traumatizing thing on a, on a kind of an existential level. And I feel like there's a lot of people who will then see the fact that they had to compromise those values, those, those ideas as a statement about their character and who they are. And even if they feel that, never even speak it, and they, they let it just kind of sit and permeate and go in deep, that can affect them for the rest of their lives because as they start building this concept of themselves, consciously or subconsciously, they will start making decisions from the place of this uh, knocked down version of themselves, or this, uh, this kind of version of themselves where they're not coming from who they want to be. They're not fully an expression. Now they have this opinion of themselves. Maybe they're not as good as they thought they were. Maybe there's, they're a screw up somehow or they're dysfunctional and things start getting worse and worse and worse. And if you think about it, this mirrors very closely what we're talking about as far as like 
muscles, ligaments, things like that in the legs and like plantar fasciitis. It's that the maintenance of being able to look at those things in the past, being able to understand and take lessons and forgive yourself is the big thing. And learning to forgive yourself is the really hard work. To me, it's been the hardest work. Um, and realizing that I held myself many times to a standard that was um, pretty much unattainable, you know, and much more than I would hold anybody else to. Um, but, you know, I would fall short because it was kind of an impossible standard. And then I would blame myself and make judgments about myself and my own worthiness because I didn't live up to that standard. So learning to forgive myself, learning to let go of the need to be this perfect person is in a way kind of like doing foam rolling and working on your muscles, allowing yourself to be pliable and not be rigid, not having this, this, um, this rigid, tight perception of who you should have been and this pulled down, kind of broken, sore, inflamed version of... You actually might be because of some compromised value or something that that happened. So, really, I just wanted to put the point across that, like, doing the work of forgiving, doing the work of looking at these parts of yourself that you have felt you have felt like really pull you down or make you uh, not as strong as you really are. These things, or maybe not as good as you really are, I should say. These are things that are worth thinking about. And you don't think about them and dwell on them and think about how stupid you are or anything like that. That doesn't actually work. The thing that works is looking at it, recognizing what it was, realizing that these lessons needed to happen. It's happening for you. And if you really think about it, everything happens exactly as it's supposed to. And... Um, when you realize that, you realize that these experiences are giving you the depth, the reference experiences in life to become stronger, to know not to go down that path, to know that you can be better. And when you're able to forgive yourself for not being perfect, you can start to move forward in a way that's joyful and there's exploration and you're, you're supple and your personality is ready to take on what's happening in the world, just like take the time to keep your muscles supple, to keep things loose and stronger and able to, you know, move and, and flex in different directions, you will actually move lighter, you'll feel better, you'll feel more um, just ready to, uh, to take action. So those are two things I would like you to just kind of consider. It's definitely things I've been considering, and this goes towards that whole theme I've been talking about recently, which is really engaging in the process and removing yourself from the attachment to the outcome of the process as being one of the most powerful tenets that I've been uh, working with in my own world. I'd love to hear your point of view on it. If you have an idea, uh, something you want to share with me, if you disagree with me, that's fine. Send me a message, michaelomedy.com in the contact form. It's a great way to get a hold of me. If you find yourself being creative with poetry, lyrics, or short fiction, consider listening to my radio show, World Poetry Open Mic, broadcast every Friday at 8 p.m. Mountain Standard Time. You can find us at worldpoetryopenmic.net. If you want to learn how to make a podcast, this is something I want to bring up. My partner from World Poetry Open Mic, JT, and myself are doing a podcast um, kind of creation workshop on Saturday, starting this Saturday. We're doing a few over the fall, but starting this Saturday, which is the 20th at Colorado Free University. You can find them at freeu, just the letter U, dot com. And uh, you can go in there. It's called Create Your Own Podcast. And it's going to be just a really, 
really, really cool time. I'm looking forward to doing it. But for this podcast, the next episode will be either tonight or tomorrow morning. So until then, keep living authentically and keep living creatively.